Nothing great about the day here. It's wonderful weather for a Sunday afternoon. Swelling the crowd even further. And as mentioned, it's by no means one way here, the support. Benfica have a tremendous following. I think that surprises many of us who visit every year for the International Champions Cup, actually, just how well supported they are across the United States. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 32 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, of course, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. And, yep, you hear that music playing again. It's that time again. And again, our team decided it is time to rotate some players. They decided it is time to take the foot off the gas. They decided it's time to give a rest. Even though there's no game there was no match the following week. I know we had the super strong Vitoria Stubal the weekend before. Uh, we'll get to that game in this episode. But really the main focus of tonight's episode, of episode 32, is the Champions League and another disaster. A disaster for Benfica in Russia, losing 3-1 away to Zenit St. Petersburg and putting ourselves in a very, very bad situation if we have any hopes of advancing to the round of 16 um i'm starting to think that we supporters are the only ones with any hopes of advancing to the round of 16 i mean the club doesn't seem to have those hopes they don't enter these games they don't put their best foot forward like that's that's a realistic goal uh, maybe we're are we all delusioned are we delusional is there something we're not seeing we'll talk about that we'll talk about mr jose Mourinho. Yeah, yeah, that, that BitTV uh, commentator. And that's what he thinks. He thinks we're all delusional. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. And I've got my own opinions to uh, hit back at Mr. Marinho. And, um, of course, uh, we can't get away from talking about the president, uh, Luis Felipe Vieira Ureyes. We can't get away from it. Uh, an absolutely despicable display by him at the Assemblea Geral some time ago. Uh, before this match, but it's been a while since we've had a pod. It's been a while. I stayed away from this in episode 30 because it was still brand new. I'll I'll touch on it today. Um, there may not be the same level of analysis, match analysis that I normally do. I think this episode's going to have a little bit of a different tone. All right, we will go through the matches, but really two matches that were not good. 
Okay, whether it was the 1-0 victory at home. Thanks to my cousin Vinicius. Yeah, Vinicius. Carlos Vinicius comes off the bench and scores a, a winner. Um, basically out of nothing. Or Benfica would have dropped two points already. Uh, and then, of course, the very, very poor, uh, very poor effort and very poor performance in Russia against Zenit. We'll get to that. Um, Benfica Nation is upset, understandably so. We have a proud, proud European history that right now, this 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 board and this president and even to some extent the staff and the team is just taking a number two all over this European history that we have, all over this resume that this club has built for the last 50, 60 years in Europe. Ozebu, Coluna, uh, João Aguas, Rui Aguas, you know, Shalana. I could go on all day. Isaias, you know. Big European nights over the decades. Plenty of decades of huge European nights. Big performances from players. Players rose to the occasion. And now we're doing the opposite. This isn't good. This can't continue. Benfica Nation Saucius need to be heard. Okay? Luis Felipe Vieira hears us because he's getting very triggered now. All right, to put his hands on a saucio. And don't tell me that he didn't put his hands on the saucio. This video everywhere showing it, okay, is no way for a president to carry himself. And this president is used to having absolutely no... Um, having absolutely no pushback from anybody. You can see it, all right? Maybe because of the statutes, we can't put another president in, in power it's going to be very difficult because of what is required now of a president. And um, I don't know. Did we, I think Benfica Nation, we all uh, had the wool pulled over our eyes for so long. You know, maybe we're still so stigmatized and so, so traumatized from the Vietnam era that, uh, you know, for years we've kind of let this guy do what he needed to do. Yes, he did a lot of good things, especially in the beginning. He 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 took the ship out of the bottom of the sea and rose it back up to the surface of the water. But now, if we're going to go forward, it has to be a different way. This isn't going to do it, okay? The the Champions League is not a shop window for youth players. Let me just say that. Maybe I'm overreacting a little bit. But you know what? I've defended this president even and I've defended this club and I've defended these poor European performances long enough I've had it the mister has had it I am completely flipping the script and turning heel on this one all right because it needs to stop right in the next match Benfica needs to send a message to its supporters that they are going to take this competition seriously because at the end of the day what is the point of selling all these players and making all this money, what, to the tune of $1 billion U.S. dollars generated during the presidency of Aurelius? What is the point of bringing in all that money if we're going to suck in Europe? At the end of the day, the performance on the field needs to be the end goal. Yes, we need we need money, obviously, and yes, we need revenue, and we need to bring different streams of revenue. But here's a message to you, Luis Felipe Vieira. You want to be big in China. You want to make a footprint in India. Guess what? You're not going to do it by changing the logo. You're going to do it by winning games in the UEFA Champions League. All right. That's my rant for now. Um, let's hit an ad. We're going to pay a bill. We're going to go to Reconquista, and then we're going to get right into the news. All right. This is 
Mr. Benfica, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. You can always find me, of course, on Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Search in Facebook if you like Mr. Space Benfica. Two words and you will find the page. All right. I'll be right back on the other side with the news. Jornada sofrida, a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Quem não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós Sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho Sente o carinho do Algarve até ao Minho O vermelho pinta a Tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Welcome back to episode 32 of Mr. Benfica. Let's get right into the news. And the biggest bit of news right now during this international break is Rafa is injured. That's right. Uh, Benfica winger Rafa reported to the Portuguese national team for this international uh, window and failed a medical subsequently and was sent home for an abductor injury. Abala later reported that uh, that Rafa first fell a twinge in this region during the Stubal game, played through it, uh, did a little bit of recovery with the Benfica medical team, and felt fit enough to play in Russia, played through it in the Champions League, and then ends up failing his medical with the national team. And now he is doubtful for match day three versus Olympic Lyon. And my question again is, why... Did it take him going to the national team for an injury to be diagnosed? What kind of medical department does Befica have? This is a real serious and very legitimate, um, very legitimate constructive criticism that we need to start making of our club. Why do our injuries, our injury list is longer than everyone else's. Our players are out for longer than anyone else's. How did this, why was he playing in both of these matches through the entire match? 
uh, if he was carrying an injury. I just don't understand. Benfica goes into these European games with, with this lackluster attitude, yet you got a player legitimately injured, and you play him through it, and Rafa was not good at all in St. Petersburg against Zenit. I think that's fair enough to say anyone watching would have agreed. And now I see why. He's carrying an injury, and now he's going to be stopped for three to four weeks, they're saying. And it is unlikely he's going to play against Leon. That's unacceptable from the medical department at Benfica, in my opinion. Also in the news, the U19s, they stay perfect in UEFA Youth League play with a 7-1 win in Russia over Zenit's U19s on match day two of the UEFA Youth League. Futsal also wins their group in Champions League play, and they advance to the elite round of the Futsal UEFA Champions League. Women's football still perfect also in the Liga BPE. They have nine points from three matches, and now they are set for this upcoming weekend's absolutely um, big-time Derby, if you will. It is the Derby. It is in Stadio de Luz. It is Benfica versus Sporting this coming Saturday, October the 19th. Check your listings on BTV. Set your DVRs. This is going to be one heck of a match, and it is going to be a record crowd for a women's football match in Portugal. I can't wait for it myself. Basketball also this weekend beats Barreirense 95 to 49, and they improved to 2-0 in the LPB, in the Liga Portuguesa de Basketball, also known as the Liga Placard. All right, let's go ahead now to the match day two scores in the UEFA Champions League. Starting with the matches from Tuesday, October the 1st, Real Madrid 2, Club Bruges 2, Atalanta 1, Shakhtar Donetsk 2, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Bayern München 7, Lokomotiv Moscow 0, Atletico Madrid 2, Red Star Belgrade 3, Olympiacos 1, Manchester City 2, Dinamo Zagreb 0, Juventus 3, Bayer Leverkusen 0, Galatasaray 0, PSG Paris Saint-Germain 1, on Wednesday, October the 2nd, Genk 0, Napoli 0, Slavia Prague 0, Borussia Dortmund 2, Football Club Barcelona 2, Internazionale 1, Valencia 0, Ajax 3, a surprising result there. Not surprising that Ajax won, but by 3 goals over the Spanish side in Spain. RB Leipzig 0, Olympic Leon 2. Zenit St. Petersburg 3, Benfica 1, that's the one we're going to talk about today. Liverpool 4, Red Bull Salzburg 3 in what was probably the match of the match day. Jesse Marsh's Salzburg side, the American coach, leads his team back from down 3-0 at halftime only to have Liverpool uh, steal a late winner and take the full points, 4-3. And Renato Sanchez and Lille won Chelsea Football Club, 2. That is the the scores on match day 2. We're going to get right in to Benfica versus Zenit. Here's a sound from from Bleacher Report Live. Here is a quick um, analysis, or I should say a quick soundbite from the first half of play in St. Petersburg.
So without further ado, let's go back in time to Wednesday, October the 2nd. We are in the St. Petersburg Stadium in St. Petersburg, Russia, of course, uh, in front of 51,683. The referee is Spaniard Carlos del Cerro. And we have Benfica traveling to take on Zenit St. Petersburg. Um, Benfica coming into the match, of course, with no points in the in the group stage. And a game that they needed to be much better than they actually were, obviously. Um, and we're not going to spend as much time in analyzing this game because this was, you know, 18 days ago now, 17 days ago. And um, we've had an international break since. But we'll go back and let's look at the starting lineup, starting with the Russian side for Zenit St. Petersburg, excuse me. In goal, Andre Lunev. The four across the back of their 4-4-2. The right back is Igor Smolnikov. Um, the central back pairing, Yaroslav Radzinski and Bras Branislav Ivanovich. Of course, we remember Ivanovich from that, um, you know, that heartbreaking Europa League final against Chelsea. Of course, he broke our hearts in the 92nd minute, if I don't. If I recall correctly, uh, the left back was Douglas Santos. The four-man midfield on the right, Oleg Shatov. The two men in the middle, you had Wilmar Barrios, the Colombian international, and Magomed Ozedev. And the left-sided midfielder was Sebastian Drusi. Up front, twin strikers, Sardar Azomun and Artem Dzuba. Benfica would play in a 4-2-3-1, a little bit different. And unfortunately, once again, we have some squad rotation. And this has been the ire and the cause of much anger amongst Benfica Nation. And uh, we'll go through it position by position. In goal, we had, as always, Odie, the back four, Tomaj Tavares, Ruben Dias, the return of Jardel to the starting eleven. And Grimaldo on the left. A two-man double pivot in midfield. Gabriel and Fasia. I'm not sure that that tandem has, has teamed up in a long time. If it did, it was very way back in the very beginning of the Brunelage era. Almost, you know, some 10 months ago now. Three-man midfield in front of that. You had Pizzi, Adel Tarapt, and Rafa. And up front, of course, the... Swiss assassin, Eris Seferovic. So, Befica, um not going with, with some of the changes that we were all asking for. Um, notably, um, well, 
I shouldn't say that. We They did get away from the two-man forward tandem that we've wanted to, but I, not in the right way, in, in my opinion, or in most of your opinions from what I have been, you know, what I've received in feedback. But, um, of course, Jardel into the starting lineup. This makes no sense at all. I know Ferru has not been playing his best football as of late, but uh, it really makes no sense to bring in a completely untested, not mad. There's no way he's match fit, Jardel. He's only played a little bit in the Tasa de Liga. And let's let's put him right in in the Champions League for no apparent reason. There's no word of an injury to Ferru. There is no word uh, of any reason why you would break up your top defensive pairing, your top center back pairing. And this is more of the same from Befica. And this is getting extremely frustrating. And again, Fasia is another player that I don't see how we are going with him in in the Champions League. No disrespect. The man has been brilliant across his career for this club. But at this stage, at this point, he offers very little, especially going forward. And especially when we're playing an opponent that is our equal or better. And um, unfortunately, he would become a factor in this match, as you heard in the audio at the top there. Um, the first goal comes right uh, quite early. Benfica actually started better than Zenit in this match. They had some chances early. Um, Seferovic in the fourth minute has a header that goes just wide of the far post as he met Pizzi's cross with power, but he needed to get... A little bit cuter on that header and get it more towards goal. He put it just wide. Um, both sides came out looking to play at at first. But uh, Benfica were getting the better of the chances. But then we reached the 20th minute. And in what is, in my opinion, an absolutely um, juvenile and naive mistake to make at this level, at the Champions League level, um, the ball is played to aphasia in a position where that ball should not have been played to him, okay? Um, for some reason, and it's this isn't just Befica. This is becoming uh, this is becoming a worldwide like like virus on football. This this need to play short all the time. Yes, I know everybody loves to see goal kicks played short. Now that now that they don't have to come out of the penalty area, you can play the ball to a man in the penalty area and play it out. That's great. On this play, okay, it wasn't off of a goal kick, but it was the ball was playing across the back. Listen, you're on the road in the Champions League. You're struggling as a squad. Your your performances have not been good. You've been eking out results against far weaker teams, and you're already down a game in the Champions League. You've already lost your opener at home. You need to go get points. You can't be making these kinds of mistakes. So there's nothing wrong with knocking the ball long. You got huge. Befica has three forwards, okay, if nothing else, that can that can receive a ball deep with their backs to goal and hold it and wait for support. <clears throat> Rather than using that, Mefica's trying to play cute out of the back against a team that knows what they're going to do. So, of course, they're playing it short, and I don't remember anymore if it was Odie or if it was Jardel that made this absolute hospital ball to Fasia. Fasia also just doesn't have 
the quickness or the agility. He just does not, he's not at the level to be playing in a game like this. And he gets pickpocketed. Possibly a foul. There may have been a foul on the play. I'm not going to say there wasn't. The replay was a little bit inconclusive. Um, at the time, I thought it was a foul. But honestly, um, it's he did not even protect the ball. So at that point, the ball is robbed out as we'll go through it. The visitors, Benfica, of course, trying to play out of the back. They're caught dawdling on the edge of the box. A strong tackle from Ozdaev on Fasia allows Zuba to pick up possession. And the Russian international is on hand to slot the ball home with the inside of his right foot, playing at far post out of Odie's reach. And the one thing you cannot allow to happen on the road in the Champions League is to give the home team a, a gimme, a freebie. And that's exactly what Befica came out and did. Incredibly juvenile. Incredibly, they look incredibly inexperienced. Okay? And um, they don't look up, up for this. I mean, these are mistakes that are just cannot happen. And, again, it... I Listen, Michael Carrick once said, when, when asked about skills and this and that, he said a comment that at the time I thought was ridiculous and over the several past several years as I watch this game more and more as I get, I guess, wiser and older, um, I think I, I, I'm starting to understand and, and agree. He once said, knocking the ball 65, 70 yards in the air, pinpoint to a location, is a skill. It's not flashy. Um, like you see Ronaldinho or Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, those guys perform, but it is an important skill. Knocking the ball out of the stadium when necessary into the parking lot, into the car park, is a skill, knowing when that's what the game calls for. Benfica here did not know what the game called for. I mean, you're, you're playing with Seferovic up front, okay? You're being pressed... Rather than losing the ball in your own penalty area, knock that ball long, especially on the road, especially when you can't afford another loss. Knock that ball long. If you lose it, you lose it 65 yards away from your goal, and you make the opponent play from there. Instead, you give the opponent absolutely, you know, you you leave them in point-blank range, and, of course, then the goalie has no chance at all. So that puts a Zenit ahead and... Let me tell you, I was pissed off when I saw this, okay? Once again, I make the mistake, if you will, of a... Uh, well, actually, uh, I had no choice on this day. There there have been days where I, I call out of work when Befica plays in the Champions League. I, I, and last year, I did it in some of the Europa League, or the, especially in the Tas Portugal uh, semifinal games. I called out those two days and managed to watch the game. Um, I... I Foolishly did it again for this game, but however, I was incredibly sick that day. I had no voice. I was coughing up both my lungs. Uh, I had a fever, so there was no way I was going to work anyway. But this game made me even more sick and made me wish I was back at work. <laughs> I really regretted not being at work after this goal because it was just an omen of what was to come. And you can put all the best effort you want out there. Effort is great, but when you make horrible mistakes and you make childish decisions like this it's incredibly frustrating and that leaves Benfica you know starting from behind and as we move along in the timeline here of the match it's the the momentum from this moment forward completely shifts over to Zenit Benfica seem rattled they seem there's just no confidence no belief um 
The 35th minute, the notes do say that Benfica starting to enjoy a little bit of possession in midfield, but not doing anything to find Safarovic. And uh, the tactics, the, the commentators saying that the tactics need to change. But, of course, Benfica stick with them. And uh, we go to the 44th minute now, and Rakitiski, yeah, Rakitiski um, of Zenit, Yaroslav Rakitiski, sees a yellow card for a poorly timed uh, tackle on, on, um, it doesn't even say here who was on, but a, a poorly timed tackle in midfield. And um, Benfica go into the halftime uh, down 1 0. Really, really, um, Disappointing, and you know the fat mob notes here will say that Zenit will be pleased with their performance in the first half, as they deserved the lead at the break. I would agree with that. Dezuba's excellent finish from inside the box was a perfect way to punish Benfica's mistake at the back. Azmayun and Shatov have also impressed in the home side. Feel uh, they should have done more with their possession. Benfica's Tarapt and Pizzi both registered shots, but both were far. Too tame to trouble them. And here is the trouble I have with Adel Tarapt. And everyone's, you know, in the midst of this poor form that the team has played with. Um, people are seeing the best of Tarapt. But I still beg to ask the question. Are we seeing, is Tarapt playing great? Or is he look good because the rest of the team has been so poor? Tarapt does not have, an, he's not a threat to shoot. So as as well as he can pass and as well as he moves the ball, when we get into that attacking third, he, he's no threat to shoot. Okay, he is absolutely no threat to score. His shots don't even come anywhere near threatening. Okay, and at this level, again, you cannot have midfielders, attacking midfielders that are not threats to score. Otherwise, you know, Zenit learned quickly that he wasn't a threat, and they left shots open for him. They took away his pass, and sometimes he'd force the pass anyway, and other times he just took bad shots. Um, we, we're going to go to another piece of audio here. So here's a little audio clip, courtesy of BR Football again, um, with uh, the happenings of the second half. All right, so let's take a listen.
like, given the match situation, he'd love it to have been in different circumstances. But it is, in isolation, an absolute stunner. So we go to the second half now, and right off the bat, 30 seconds in, Odie is called on for a big save, and it is a save on on the Zenit player Azmayun as the striker battled his way into the box before hitting a left-footed volley, but he can only win a corner thanks to the Greek international goalkeeper. Um, it's 48th minute, Terapt flies into the box. But I'm uh, sorry, flies into the back of Ozdaev and Zenit have a free kick on the edge of the box. Driussi called rank with the set piece, but he fires the ball straight into the wall and Zenit forced to settle for a throw in. Zenit's still the better of the two teams, despite the fact that Benfica are in a desperate situation right now. They just can't seem to get inspired, can't seem to get the game going. Bruno Lage rolls the dice and. Brings on Carlos Vinicius, who's fresh off a goal against Vitoria Stubal. Um, he replaces Pizzi, and how far has Pizzi fallen lately? Ever since that international break back in September, um, this was a guy who played no matter what for so long with this Benfica team. Now, this is like the third match in a row where he is the first one called off of the bench. And in the also in the 60th minute, another substitution, a double substitution. Um, Caio Lucas, CL7, replaces Fasia. Fasia really had uh, no no place in this game. But Bruno Lage is rolling the dice. But as has happened many times in his career, when he messes a little too much with the formation, at least in his career with Benfica, bad things happen. Counterattacks happen, and Benfica end up suffering an ultimate price. Um, Zenit would counter those substitutions three minutes later as Zenit coach Simak would decide to not take any risks and he sends on Jordan Osorio in place of Igor Smolnikov um, as Smolnikov is struggling to return to the bench and he continues to limp um, and had two physios helping him along and um, they point out, the commentary points out in the 67th minute, Befica have lost all three of their previous Champions League group stage games in Russia Losing to Spartak Moscow in 2012-13, Zenit in 14-15, and Seska Moscow in 17-18. Um, at this point, they have 24 minutes to improve that record, but little, little um, signs of of that being uh, in the cards on the night. 68th minute, another substitution for Zenit Shatov. Will make another. He made a significant impact. I'm sorry in the first half, but he barely featured in the second. And it is Vlajnikov Karavev coming on for Oleg Shatov. And in the 70th minute, it is the goal that you heard there at the top, the own goal for for Ruben Dias. Um, the home fans would go wild as Zenit doubled the lead at such a crucial time in the match. The substitute Karavev had only been on the pitch for a matter of minutes, but he gets an assist as Diaz scores an own goal. The winger made his way down the byline before firing across towards the back post. It says here that Diaz panicked and before 
bundling the ball over the line. I don't think he panicked. I think if, if Ruben Diaz doesn't slide to try to do something, this ball is a tap-in for the Zenit player that is um, trailing perfectly for the tap-in. Um, a little bit of bad luck for Ruben as he does uh, he gets a foot to it on the slide but but then kicks it off his own arm and into the goal. And it would continue shortly thereafter. Um, 78th minute, the next goal you heard, Azmayun. He gets his deserved goal as it was far too easy for the home side. Ozdayev given too much time in midfield and he manages to find Azmayun with a ball over the top. The striker stayed on side and then rounded Vlakodimo before tapping that ball into the empty goal. 3-0 to Zenit now, and um, you see a shot of the Benfica fans, the poor Benfica fans that traveled all the way to Russia. Who knows how many layovers they had, where they had to go through, who knows what airports they slept in, uh, train stations to get there, and they're getting one of the worst performances and one of the worst efforts from this team in recent memory. Um, 81st minute, Bruno Lage will bring on uh, Raul de Tomas RDT for Harris Seferovic for the final 10 minutes and then it will counter as, as Mayun receives a massive round of applause um, from the home fans as he is replaced by by Alexander Yerokin and um, a little bit of small consolation 85th minute as Raul de Tomas opens his scoring account with Benfica First official goal as a member of the Agish as he scores from 25 yards away and um, fires an absolute rocket past past Lunev and um, the ball was dancing. I mean, he hit this thing perfectly, um, but too little too late for Benfica, unfortunately. Hopefully, this is something that's going to turn RDT's fortunes around going forward, but on the night, very little else Um to take from this match and time would run out as uh, Benfica would drop all three points once again now zero points from two matches in the Champions League and let's go to the standings in the group here and that is Group G of course Zenit St. Petersburg now on top with a win and a draw four points from two matches four goals for two goals against Olympic Leon right there with them. Also with uh, a goal difference of two. One victory, one defeat, uh, four points, and uh, three goals for one goal against RB Leipzig, of course. In third with three points from their victory at Stade Luge. And our Benfica bringing up the rear. No points, two defeats, two goals scored, five allowed, a negative three goal difference. This is a hole that is going to be very, very hard to climb out of now for Benfica. And we sit here a couple of days before match day three against Olympique Lyon at the Stade de Luge. And, of course, in the next episode, we will hit on that one. That will be a re- that match will be reviewed in episode 33, no doubt, as Benfica will be hosting Lyon in a must-win situation. Uh, Leon's coming in with four points. They'll be happy to take a point. It's going to be very difficult for Benfica to manage a victory here. And I'm going to tell you right now, I am not calling out of work on Wednesday to watch this game. I am almost all out of my my comp time. I'm almost out of my sick time. Um, 
God forbid I actually get sick again. I won't have any time to use. So um, this is a match I'm going to have to watch on record later in the week. Um, But we will have an episode next week reviewing this match. This match and the upcoming league match against Tondela. So let's go back a few days before this Champions League game again. I could sit here and and just um, talk some more about... Uh, about Luis Felipe Vieira and some of the ridiculous things that have come out of his mouth. And after this loss, he says, we're, you know, a bunkamino. We're on a good path. The manager, Bruno Lage, says the same thing in the postgame presser. I'm just, I'm not going to pile it on. If you've listened to all of the podcasts, all if you've read the blogs, everything that is not BTV, you um, have seen what we all think about it. I'm, I'm right in line with all those guys. Someone that's not thinking that is is this man right here. Hold tight as I play a little bit of audio here in Portuguese for you. Benfica Europeu, mas tem a ver sobretudo com uh, um engano uh, que, em que muitos benfiquistas hoje em dia uh, vão uh, persistentemente lavrando. Que tem a ver com o Benfica Europeu e com a exigência do Benfica Europeu como se o Benfica estivesse habituado a, a vencer títulos europeus ano sim, ano não. A verdade é que uh, o Benfica já não, já não vence um título europeu desde 1962. Dois. Portanto, uh, começa logo por aqui. O Benfica não vence um título europeu desde 1962. Eu não, eu não sei de onde é que vem esta exigência, que é uma exigência um bocadinho tonta, na minha opinião, é a minha opinião, tenho direito a ela, esta exigência de que o Benfica o Benfica tem que ser conquistador na Europa na Europa e em Portugal and that there for those of you that speak Portuguese is the opinion of one Zé Marinho on BTV BTV commentator and absolute uh, propagandist for the Vieira regime no question Vieirista running uh, full through and through you know that, that running through his veins um, don't want to call into question his loyalty to Benfica or his his judgment, his his um, you know his credentials, if you will. But um, clearly, for those of you that understood, he was just saying he doesn't know where this idea of, of the Benfica Europeo, the European Benfica, comes from. And then he struggles to even to even uh, state the last time Benfica won a European title, which 1962. Every Benfiquista, you know, should know that. Um, how are you going to go on the club's official television network and not even know that? Make a criticism against those of us that want more from this club when you can't even tell us when the last time Benfica wins a European title without reading it off of a, off of a cue card or off of a teleprompter. Um and he's saying that this is his opinion and he has a right to it. That part he's correct. But it's just it's an absolutely um, foolish opinion, in my opinion. <laughs> um, he really is. And the network, and I'm really nervous. I don't want this network to turn into a propaganda arm or a defense mechanism for the Vieta regime. And I am calling it a regime at this point. Um, it's become too powerful. Um, he, The will of the sausage is not being carried out i don't believe um there's a select few that are calling all the shots while uh, the the majority of the sausage are being left in the dark and um 
I'm sorry, but no one is calling for Benfica to be European champions this season. Okay? Bad Benfica teams have had magical European nights, okay? But they had to go out there and put forth that effort, and they had to go out there and want to do that. I remember clear as day, okay? I remember still the 90, I want to say it was the 94, 95 season. The first season, the UEFA Champions League was on television here in the United States. ESPN broadcast it. And I watched a Benfica battle and fight with AC Milan in the quarterfinals, okay? Yeah, they lost 2-0 at the, at the San Siro that year to a super-powered AC Milan team that, if I'm not mistaken, lifted the trophy that year. Perhaps they might have been beaten in the final, but I'm pretty sure they were there at the end. And um, Benfica, they may have lost there, but they put on a fight at home, and they outplayed the Italian giants. They were giants at that time. They may not be today, but they were then. And, you know... They absolutely outplayed them at the old Stadio de Luz in front of over 100,000. Those are the magical European nights. But you look back at the commitment the club made in those days. That club, The club had just won a title the year before, but sacked the manager, brought in Artur Jorge, okay? sold a number of players, Rui Costa among them, brought in Claudio Conigia, brought in Michel Prudhomme, okay? That team, okay, they didn't win anything in Portugal that season. They didn't win anything. But when it came to play in Europe, they came to play. There have been much worse Befica teams than the one that we have right now that have managed to go into Europe and have a good result, have a memorable night. That's all we're asking for. We're asking for our team to compete. We're asking for our team to leave it out there. To play for the honor of the crest. The honor of that eagle on their jersey. The eagle that Luis Felipe Vieira probably wants to change. To make something more commercial. You want to be you want to be exposed to the Asian market? Win some damn games in the Champions League. You want to be in, in, in the American market? You got to be there in the Champions League. Last eight. Last four. At least put a team out there that competes with the best in the world. It's not by changing your logo. It's not by investing, you know, in hotels. That's all garbage. That's all garbage. And that's the last that I'm going to say about that this week, all right? We're going to quickly hit back on the match against Vitoria Stubel a few days before this European debacle, okay? We're going to go back in time a little bit further. And we are going to talk about the match with Vitoria Stubal. And it was Benfica 1, Vitoria Stubal 0. And it was, let's see, it was the match day here in Portugal. And it was match day 7, round 7 of the Portuguese League. We're in the Stadio de Luz. And we've got Benfica and Vitoria Stubal. Let's go to the lineups really quick. We're just going to run through this game very, very quickly. This is going to be a shorter episode tonight um, as we've got a lot coming on. We're, we're going pretty far back in, in time now as we've been unable to get an episode out the last couple of weeks. But um, uh, for Stubal in there, 4-4-3, Georgi Makarezi is the goalkeeper. Four across the back. 
our old friend Silvio at right back. Artur Jorge and Bruno Pige are the center backs and the left back is Andres Souza, of course, son of former Portugal U20 manager, European Championship manager at the U17 and U19 level, Elio Souza. That is his son, André, playing left back for Vitória Stubal, three-man midfield on the right, Leandrinu in the middle, José Smedo, and the left-sided midfielder is the very experienced Nuno Valente. Up front, the three-man trio of attack. On the right is our old friend Ildeberto Pereira, Benfica youth product. Up front, the striker was Khalid Hach- Hachadi. And Brian Mancija is the left-sided midfielder. This is how Benfica started. And this, some more uh, head-scratching uh, for one, at least one particular selection in this 11. Odie's in goal. Andre Almeida's the right back. Ruben Dias and Ferro are the center backs with Grimaldo on the left. The midfield would start with Pizzi on the right, Tarapt and Feja in the middle, and Rafa on the left. Jedson. Yeah, that's right. Jedson is getting a start, a rare start, not just a rare start, but getting a start completely out of position as a second forward. Not sure what Brunelage is doing here. Um, it might have made sense from something he saw in training. Of course, we are not there. I certainly am not at the Seychelles for training. Um, but a selection that absolutely had me scratching my head. And, of course, Harris Seferovich starting with him. And this was a another very ugly game as this we're playing against a very poor Vitoria Stubal. And we're letting them look good. Yes, controversial red card for Tarapt in the second half. And the referee in this match, as I don't have his name at the moment, but he, he was a joke. This was one of the worst refereeing performances I've seen all season. Um, this was up there with Ugo Miguel's performance last year in the Tasa de Liga and uh, and in the the subsequent match of the, in Tasa de Portugal against Sporting Club Portugal. Um Absolutely horrendous, but that doesn't excuse Benfica's poor performance. And Benfica would get a goal in the second half, a nice goal scored by Carlos Vinicius. All right, they would eke out a 1 0 victory, playing the last, I don't know, 10 15 minutes down a man and looking like they were Vitoria Stubo, while Vitoria Stubo looked like Benfica. Um, but if there was any positives to take from this match, it was that Benfica dug in. They dug their heels in deep, and they grinded out a result, which um, they're doing too much of that. But they managed to be tough for the first time, perhaps, this season and hang on to a result because they have not been good at the back. They have not been good defensively. Um, managed to get the three points. And uh, with that, let's go to the standings as they are right now in the Liga Nage. After seven rounds, in first place, we have Family Cone. That's right, Family Cone in first place. Six wins, one draw, 19 points. Befica and Porto sharing second right now on 18. Vitoria, Guimarães, and Tondela sharing fourth uh, on 12 points apiece. Sporting. Boa Vista and Santa Clara, 6 through 8 on 11 points each. Rio Ave, 9th with 10 points. Maritimo Braga sharing 10th and 11th with 8 points apiece. Morirense and Vitoria Stubel have 7 and 12th and 13th respectively. While Gil Vicente is 14th on 6 points. Portimonense and Code City with five apiece, they're 15th and 16th. And in the relegation zone right now, Passos de Ferreira, four points. 
and Sportivo das Aves with three points. Sportivo das Aves already has played their eighth match, as has Tondela. Uh, the top goal scorers as they stand right now. The top goal scorer from Porto, of course, is Zé Luiz with six goals. Pizzi also with six, but Pizzi has two from the penalty spot as the giving the tiebreaker to the Porto man. Musa Marega of Porto also uh, up there. He's third with four goals. Bruno Fernandes, Rodrigo Pino, Fabio Martins also have a four, while Bruno Moreira and Douglas Tank have three. That is where we stand right now with, with the top goal scorers. I'm not going to get into assists this week. Uh, very interesting stat, though. We do have a Benfica guy at the top of one of the statistics. That is minutes per goal. Carlos Vinicius with a goal, one every 34 minutes. And um, on that that theme, this past weekend, quick update. Benfica victorious 4-0 at Cova da Piedad in the third round of the Portuguese Cup. They, of course, now advance to the fourth round, which... Can't be said for seven other Liga clubs. That's right, seven clubs in the Liga dropped in round three by amateur size. None more spectacularly, of course, than uh, those green and white prison stripes. Um, a few, you know, a short walk away from us. Uh, they go out to Alverca, but you know what? They're going to try to win this in the in the Secretaria. Um, already the game is under protest. They're claiming that the amateurs fielded a illegal player and um, an absolute low point for them and surely one that we are enjoying um, in this game against Cova de Piedad. Two goals for Pizzi, two goals for Carlos Vinicius. Carlos Vinicius has been given the least amount of time um, to play and he's got four goals in all competitions. Uh, perhaps he's the guy that needs to start. I'm starting to think he needs to start. In this match, interestingly enough, Bruno Lage started Carlos Vinicius along with RDT up front. RDT was was a good he, – he played well. He didn't get a goal, but he um, he did have some setups. And the first goal, you know, there was a goal that came as a result of a rebound off one of his shots. Maybe Bruno Lage sticks with these two on, Tuesday, on Wednesday, excuse me, against Olympic Lyon. Only time's going to tell. That's going to wrap it up for episode 32 here. I know we didn't get into the analysis I usually get into. Uh, due to time constraints, I had to fly through this episode. Also, the fact that you know th these games happened a while ago, and I'm trying to catch back up here. But um, coming, quick, coming soon, next week will be episode 33, of course, where we will review uh, the upcoming match against Olympic Lyon. And depending on timing, we'll either preview or review the next Liga match at Tondela. And um, also next weekend, hopefully by the end of next weekend, episode 34 will be a review of this weekend's Benfica 3, Benfica 3 Sporting nil women's football match at the Stadio de Luz. That's right, our Aguias, top of the table in the Liga BPE. Um, winning the Clásico 3 nothing, in emphatic fashion. You know that there'll be a review for that match here. The only place to get match reviews for the Befica women's team. I'm proud to do it. I'm going to keep on doing it. So that's also coming your way in the very near future. Stay tuned to this channel. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. This has been Mr. Benfica. Don't forget to follow 
the Twitter at Benfica Mister and on Instagram at Mister Benfica. If you're a Facebook user, just search two words Mister Benfica. You will see the page. All right, that's it for episode 32. I will see you next week as we keep rolling with this season and keep supporting Benfica. Everyone, have a great week. Enjoy the match this week. Hopefully, we can start getting some points in this Champions League. Win, lose, or draw, we'll talk about it in a week's time. Carrega Benfica. Dam, U, 38. And Dam, U, Apuramento. <laughs> get us to the second phase of the Champions League. Heck, get us some points. Let's just start with getting some points. Goodbye, everyone, from the Mister. This has been Mister Benfica. Talk to you next week.